Why, hello there, future fans. It is the week of February 24th, and we have quite a pitiful offering of movies for you this week. But my friends, my dear listeners, my future fans, I will still deliver my oh-so-valuable opinion for you. So without further ado, let us start episode 31 of Future Flicks. Alright, before we get started, I just want to go over a little bit of housekeeping early on. You can listen to Future Flicks in quite a few places. SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and any podcast listening app, as well as a somewhat nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me through email at billiamreviews at gmail.com and on Twitter at at billiamswn. Future Flicks, my friends, if you are not familiar with it, first of all, welcome, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. But Future Flicks is a podcast where I go down the list of all the movies coming out during the week and I give my opinions, anything I've learned about it, and I rate all the movies on a scale of 0 to 11 using what I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score. Zeros are saved for those awful, awful films. And 11s are saved for the ones that look amazing. Now remember, my bill score doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good movie. It just looks like it's going to be. Since I have not seen all of these movies yet, I am just basing this off the trailers and any news I've read. So let's jump into our first segment, which is always the news. Leonardo DiCaprio is set to star in a movie about the black hand. That's what happens when you masturbate too much and never wash your hands. (laughs) Um... No, but it was the deadliest secret society in American history, and this movie is based off a book of the same name by the author Stephen Talty. A nonfiction book, of course. Moving on, Netflix has picked up the rights to a zombie movie starring Martin Freeman titled Cargo. This, according to Screen Daily, this is an Australian horror from the producers of The Babadook, so hopefully this movie won't end with some motherly scolding. More woes in the world of Batman, dear future fans. Director Matt Reeves is out, and the film is currently looking for its third director. Its first, of course, being the star himself, Ben Affleck, who has stepped down as director, but is apparently on for writer and producer still, as well as star. Even though rumors are floating around that Affleck wants to leave himself, this newest information about the exit of Reeves is from our friends at Collider. The first picture of the cast of The Predator was released... No, this is not a movie about Jared Fogle. This is a sequel to the original Predator movie. Director Shane Black from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Iron Man 3 is at the helm, and the movie stars Thomas Jane, Keegan-Michael Key, and unfortunately, Olivia Munn. This has a release date of February 9th, 2018. Actor Dante Bosco has started a Kickstarter for a short movie about Rufio that takes place before the movie Hook. It's already reached its $30,000 goal within, with 21 days to go, and if it somehow reaches 200000 they will make it a feature-length film. Right now, it's just a short film. The link to the Kickstarter will be in the show notes, but should I forget, my dear friends, you can Google it, and it's worth a look into if you want to donate to this or not. Dante Bosco has never forgotten his love for Hook. He hasn't done a lot. Most of what he does are voiceovers for are voices for cartoons and small roles in TV shows and movies. But he's, he wants to do this, and so I think we should help him. We should help him make a great movie. 
According to The Slanted, Universal is working on Tremors 6 and is rumored it is rumored to be the craziest most over the top movie in the Tremors saga to date. According to Digital News Culture, a movie based off the video game Rampage begins production in April. This is set to star Dwayne Johnson and Naomi Harris. Normally, video game movies are terrible, but this one has The Rock in it who has a way with movies. According to The Playlist, the Logan post-credit scene starring Deadpool has been confirmed, though Hugh Jackman rules out a future Deadpool-Wolverine crossover movie. And finally in the news, when it comes to possible train wrecks, we have Wonder Woman to look forward to, and they announced that actor David Thewlis will play Ares. Why do you know that name? You probably don't know his name, but you know him from things, like The Theory of Everything, or maybe this little movie called Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and all the movies since. He played Remus Lupin. Alright folks, that's enough with the news. Let us move on to the movies this week, and we have a pitiful, pitiful offering from Hollywood. But let's start, because I am going to give them a fair shot, or at least a fair shot at a reaming. The first movie is called Collide. Casey has quit his life as a drug runner, but when his girlfriend is diagnosed with cancer, he goes back to his old life in order to get the money. The trouble is, his new job puts him at odds with one of the most powerful drug lords around. This stars Nicholas Holt from Warm Bodies, Felicity Jones from Rogue One, Sir Anthony Hopkins from Silence of the Lambs, and Sir Ben Kingsley from Ender's Game. Two nights in one movie. That's, that's impressive. It's, it's a shame it couldn't be a better looking movie. Once in a while, an actor has a project they're attached to, but it doesn't start for a while. So one project ends and they have some time to kill. They could relax or they could pick up a small project for a couple million. A measly million. Puh. That's what this movie is. Collide doesn't look bad. It, it just looks like it's been done a million times before. A guy needs to get money to help his girlfriend, so he returns to his life of crime and pisses off the wrong person, and then has to save said girlfriend from that person. There are shootouts, high-speed chases, and fight scenes. Yay, we, we, we've seen this before. Just like a Transformer, there could be more to this than meets the eye, but the trailer didn't show any of that. So if there is more to this movie than what's on the surface, then the person who made the trailer did a terrible job and should get fired for it. We have a run-of-the-mill action movie with two Academy Award winners and one Academy Award nominee and Beast from X-Men. Okay, I'm sorry, I like these actors, and I would love them in a movie together, but I'm wondering why this one? What about this movie made them want to do it? Was it really just the money like I joked about earlier? Or is there something more to it? Even with this good cast, I'm wondering if they could even save the movie. It's so by the books, so done before, so rehashed, that can these actors save it? Either way, this isn't the kind of movie you see in theaters. This is what you watch on a rainy day because you flipped through everything on Netflix and can't find anything. That's when you watch this movie. You could still end up saying, huh, that wasn't that bad. But I guarantee you this isn't the type of movie you need to see in theaters. Skip it entirely or watch it later. Collide gets a 5 out of 11. Next up on the list this week is an animated film called Rock Dog. 
Bodhi is a Tibetan mastiff who dreams of becoming a musician. One day, a radio falls out of a plane, and what he hears on the radio inspires him to chase his dreams and go to the big city. But some wolves have their eyes set on him and want to get the secrets of the mastiffs in order to get the sheeps they guard. A nice group of actors lend their voices to this movie, including Luke Wilson from Idiocracy, Eddie Izzard from the Dress to Kill stand-up special, J.K. Simmons from The Closer, Louis Black from The Daily Show, Kenan Thompson from Good Burger, Mae Whitman from The Duff, Jorge Garcia from Lost, Matt Dillon from Wild Things, and Sam Elliott from The Big Lebowski. This is directed by Ash Brannan, who co-directed and wrote the story for Toy Story 2. He also was one of nine people who were writers on this movie. Why the f*** does it take nine people to write a movie i still will never understand that if any of you out there my dear future fans have a good idea as to why or actually know why please let me know the all the ways to reach me will be at the end of the show including that brief little part i did earlier always in the show notes as well but what i think is that either the idea was bounced around from person to person so much and each of them have to have their name on it, or someone wrote the script and then a couple other people came in to clean it up and someone wrote the story so that person gets a credit and it becomes a whole big mess. But other than that, I just don't understand why there's so many movies, especially this one with nine people. This movie looks awful. And you know me, I I can be more lenient for animated movies. Sometimes. This week is not one of those times. This time, there's nothing that even shows me that this will be any good. This story is stupid. The animation looks subpar. It doesn't even look like it has a catchy song for kids to play over and over. It's lacking in three very important departments for animated kids movies. Sure, music doesn't have to be part of a kid's animated movie, but the damn movie is called Rock Dog. Okay, let's make a movie called Jazz Cats. Will it have catchy music? if I know. I'm going to use a douchey term here. Get ready. Are you ready? This movie looks uninspired. Which is weird because this is about a dog who comes from a community of dogs who protect sheep but wants to be a musician instead. Despite the cliche father and son storyline, it's a unique idea, but they've done nothing with it. I didn't even crack a single smile at any time during this trailer and what's worse is that i'm pretty sure they showed you the whole movie in the trailer even what i assume is the ending do yourself a favor if you have any interest in this then watch a trailer instead and then boom you've seen the whole garbage thing rock dog gets a two out of 11. all right future fans we have one more movie before our break before we hear a word from our friends at somewhat nerdy radio that movie is Punching Henry. A wandering comedic songwriter becomes a viral sensation after an accident on stage, and his luck changes overnight. But he learns he'll have to give up his wandering lifestyle and sell out if he wants to make it big. This stars real-life comedic folk singer Henry Phillips, J.K. Simmons from Spider-Man, Sarah Silverman from School of Rock, Mike Judge, who's the writer of Beavis and Butthead, and stand-up comedians Tig Notaro and Jim Jeffries. This was written by Henry Phillips and Gregory Vines. The two also wrote a movie called Punching the Clown from 2009, which is a completely different movie. Allow me to regale you with the premise. This one is about a wandering comedic singer who gets his big break and learns he'll have to give up his wandering lifestyle and sell out if he wants to make it big. 
See? No viral video. Different movie entirely. For the life of me, I can't imagine why anyone would make this movie. It's already been done. Sure, the first one didn't have the famous J.K. Simmons in it and the mildly recognizable Sarah Silverman, but this is still the same movie, but with a few changes. This is an awkward indie comedy, and worst of all, it's a remake from eight years ago. I can barely stand mainstream movie remakes from the 80s. Why would I or anyone else be interested in an indie remake that's not even a decade old that has the same plot, same star, same writers? Punching Henry may have a slightly more impressive cast and have a slightly different plot, but as far as I can tell from the trailer and the articles I read about it, they're the same movie. Watching Punching Henry will either cost you a movie ticket or you can wait to see it if a streaming service gets it. Watching Punching the Clown will cost you a dollar on Amazon to rent, or it's available on Netflix DVD, not streaming. I said all that assuming this film even interests you. It looks like just another awkward comedy about a guy that no one likes. I'm surprised I didn't get Michael Sarah for the role. My opinion is that if it interests you at all, rent it on Amazon for a single dollar. Watch it. And then if something about it resonates with you, if something about it grips you and goes, hey, this this is a movie that interests you, then you might, may want to find this in theaters. If not, you skip it because Punching Henry gets a three out of 11. All right, my friends, that is it for the first half. So please stay tuned from a word from our sponsors, well, not sponsors, our friends, though I suppose they sponsor me through support, which I do appreciate. But stay tuned from a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And welcome back, future fans, for the second half of episode 31 of Future Flicks. And let's jump right back into it with an indie movie called As You Are. A young teenager is killed and a police investigation dives into the relationship between that teenager and their two best friends, as well as the events that led up to the death. This stars Owen Campbell from a few episodes of The Americans, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things, and Amanda Stenberg from The Hunger Games. This was directed by Miles Joris Perafit and written by him and Madison Harrison. The two worked on a movie called As a Friend in 2014, which is a completely different movie. That one is about a young teenager being killed in a police investigation that dives into the relationship between the teenager and their two best friends, as well as events leading up to that death. See? Completely different. Okay, this one has a slightly better reason to be remade than the previous movie. As a Friend was a short film. So maybe the two creators made the short to test the waters to see if making a longer movie would be worth it. As a Friend was 18 minutes long, and As You Are is an hour and 50 minutes long. So yeah, they, they added some stuff. All that aside, this looks like a pretentious, flailing mess. 
A young outcast that may or may not be bisexual gets picked on a lot and finds a group of friends like him, but their friendship, in one way or another, eventually causes his death. That's That right there is a fine idea, if not a little stale, but still fine. The trailer presented it as indie garbage that's trying way too hard to be artsy and have a message. Let your movie speak for itself. Don't force down our throats. The verbal or physical abuse of an LGBT youth can be told through the story itself. That goes for any message. It doesn't matter what it is. Use the story and don't be so heavy-handed with the message. I will never see this movie. If I want to watch a movie with a message about the treatment of another group, then there's a million other flicks I can pick from. This one looks like a contrived mess. As You Are gets a 2 out of 11. Next up, is another animated movie, my friends. This one is called My Life as a Zucchini. Zucchini loses his mother, and a friendly police officer takes him to a foster home with other orphans. The boy slowly learns to trust the other orphans. Alright, this is an animated film from France, and it looks stupid. One of the review quotes for this film was, Nothing short of a miracle. What's a miracle? That they found enough clay to give the kindergartners who designed these characters? Okay, I understand the purpose of these buzzword happy critic quotes. They want to sell the movie and use as little ad space as possible. But you, my future fans, you are smarter than that. You know not to fall for those buzzwords meant for those with weak minds. You are smart. You are strong. You are my future fans. Alright, I may have just made fun of the character designs, but... They, they're not that bad. This is a stop-motion animated movie after all, but I, I question if it's really for kids. I think this movie was created for the indie film crowd so they can see an animated movie but still have it be artsy. This has some darkness to it. The mother is an alcoholic, and a couple of synopsises I read claim that Zucchini accidentally kills her. What the f***? A charming movie about a kid finding happiness in an orphanage? Nope. Accidental matricide? Hell yes! This animation style is claymation, and I'm pretty sure it's actual claymation, so that actually has something going for it. I, I would like to see more of that. But too bad it has to be attached to this movie. Like I said before, this is going to be an artsy film, so you're going to watch this if you're a fan of indie films. Of course, if you're a fan of indie films, you probably don't like me much, so you're probably not listening to this. So for the rest of you, should you watch this movie? Probably not. It could be cute, but not worth the time. Want to watch an animated movie? Sing should be coming out soon on, on streaming or Blu-ray DVD. Moana as well. Zootopia is already out. Watch one of those. This looks pretentious. Cute, but pretentious. My Life as a Zucchini gets a 4 out of 11. We have two movies left, my friends, and I, I'm just going to tell you, there's I'm not going to play coy. This next movie is not the pick because it... it no, no, just, just no. That movie is called Bitter Harvest. In order to get more food for Russia, Stalin takes food from the Ukraine, starving its people. The people revolt and start an uprising, and two young lovers get caught in the middle. Okay, see that right there? That right there sounds interesting, but allow me to talk about it more before I get your hopes up. This stars Max Irons from The Host, Samantha Barks from Les Miserables, Barry Pepper from 61, and Terrence Stamp from Superman. This looks like a cuddly romance movie, but with war, starvation, and murder. You know what's great? 
that 1930s Ukraine and Russia, they spoke English. What a f coincidence. That way we don't have to go through the pain of subtitles after all. I go to the moving pictures to watch, not read. But we can't blame America for this. No, 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 no. This is Canadian. This movie loses a lot of points for me for not having a subtitle in sight. Of course, I don't know much about Canadian cinema. Do we really count this as a foreign movie? What's that all about? Can Canadians not read subtitles? Even with famous Hollywood actors in it, it is something from Canada foreign. Technically? Yes, but do we count it as that? I, I don't know. Either way, this looks mediocre at best. There are only two things going for this movie. The actors and the fact that it's based off a little known part of world history. Everything else, everything else about this movie points to it being meh. The cinematography looks like it was done by an amateur and the CG of peasants in the field, CG of peasants was really, really bad. This movie is a mess, and I feel like it should be more along the lines of Atonement or Indubious Battle, where it would look, you know, good. Bitter Harvest is a good idea that suffers from poor execution, and I can't recommend this movie to anyone. The only way you could get me to sit down long enough to watch it is if you pour maple syrup all over the seat so I am too sticky to move. Bitter Harvest gets a 3 out of 11. Alright my friends, we have one more movie, and that movie is my pick of the week. Have you guessed what it is? I'd be actually interested to know if you did guess. Do you know what movies are coming out this week? Which ones I haven't talked about yet? Well, that movie is Get Out. A young black man goes to visit his white girlfriend's family and finds that all of their servants are people of color. No big deal, right? Could be a coincidence. But when he tries to befriend the black workers, he finds them acting weird and slowly learns there's a dark side to the family. This stars Daniel Kaluuya from Sicario, Allison Williams from Girls, Bradley Whitford from The West Wing, and Katherine Keener from Into the Wild. This is a horror thriller movie written by Jordan Peele. Yes, Peele, from Key and Peele. It looks like he did a good job. He also directed this movie as well, so there's that too. I'm not outrageously psyched for this film, but it does look good. It also looks like the best movie of the week, and the only movie to get a passing grade on the Bill score. And I do want to see this movie. It looks familiar, but with a very nice spin on it, which is exactly what I want to see. Sure, I'd love a fully original idea, but those are very risky. First off, there are very few of them, and second, they could be near misses, like The Babadook or It Follows. I liked them for their originality, but the story suffered, in both cases. In this movie, we know the basic story, and it's one we've seen before. What Jordan Peele did is put a new spin on it to keep it from being a predictable snorefest. The actors in it look good, and this looks like a mix of The Stepford Wives and You're Next. This isn't entirely original, but it takes an old idea, adds a new fear to it, and new intricacies to the plot that will keep it interesting and fresh, if not good. Any other week, this probably wouldn't be my pick. It would get an honorable mention at least, as it's something that looks interesting, but the only reason it got uh, such a high place this week is because everything else sucks. Get Out gets a 7 out of 11. Alright, my future fans, that is it for this week. This is a pretty short episode. Maybe the shortest one yet. I'm actually not sure what the what the record for shortest or longest is, but this is this is pretty short, right? Let's get down with the business of the housekeeping and wrap this up. 
You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, as well as a Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I'd love five stars or a like, or if you'd share the podcast, leave a comment, tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I need to improve on. How do you reach me? Great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Are you on Instagram? So am I. Billiam, SWN there as well. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds in the Squared Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, and the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, everyone's favorite swearity. Don't forget to check the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.